Our gospel today comes from the book of Matthew. Jesus said to the disciples, then the kingdom of heaven will be like this. 10 bridesmaids took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. When the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them, but the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, all of them became drowsy and slept. But at midnight, there was a shout, look, here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those bridesmaids got up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil for our lamps are going out. But the wise replied, no, there will not be enough for you and for us. You had better go to the dealers and buy some for yourselves. And while they went to buy it, the bridegroom came and those who were ready went with him into the wedding banquet and the doors were shut. Later, the other bridesmaids came also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he replied, truly, I tell you, I do not know you. Keep awake, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Oh, you know, every time I read this parable, I usually find myself thinking the same thing. I don't like this parable. <laughs> it's a weird parable. And to be fair, there are a lot of weird parables, but often this one is used simply as a reminder for being ready, for being prepared, since we don't know the day or the hour that Jesus will come again. And that feels like a pretty straight-minded way to think about this parable, right? Jesus even says it, be prepared, stay awake. Um, but I also wonder if there's more to this parable, like all parables have more to them than one simple understanding that maybe we could look into today because we do need reminders to prepare, to participate in God's kingdom on earth. And also with this parable today and having the Amos reading, I'm just gonna say it, I love Amos 5. It is like harsh, but also like so good and so direct in Amos's call for justice and righteousness. And I think that the reminder to prepare to sort of participate in what God is doing on earth is kind of what Amos is trying to get at. That as we prepare for God's kingdom as best as we can, as we participate in what God is calling us to do here and now, it can't always be songs and parties and offerings, especially if we don't totally understand what those mean, especially if we don't fully have our hearts in it. Because justice and righteousness, like Amos describes, like we see throughout scripture, is not usually easy. I wish it was. It's rarely something we know how to prepare for, especially if we haven't really participated in justice and righteousness work, especially if we're not sure how to even begin, as there is so much injustice and violence and heartbreak in our world as there is so much going on but i do think 
that there is more to the parable that we have in Matthew than just one thing. It's not just to tell us to be prepared and to participate in what God is doing. We know that we're working on it, right? But parables are also meant to get us thinking, to open our minds a bit, at least, to what Jesus might be trying to impart to us right now, today. And so maybe what it is, is taking a lesson on creating healthy boundaries and not giving more of ourselves than we can with the five bridesmaids who overprepared by bringing extra oil with them, holding back that extra oil from what are hopefully their friends since they're all bridesmaids in the same wedding. But the bridesmaids know that for them, if they share it, they'll be out. And so there is a lesson here about boundaries because especially many of us tend to give more than we actually have of ourselves, of our time, of our energy, and sometimes healthy boundaries are super necessary and i'm a big proponent of those but in this year in 2020 as we move through we're already on november 8th my calendar that i just looked up at still says october as we continue through this pandemic as we continue through this divisiveness in our country as we continue to seek justice and righteousness I don't know, this parable, I still, I'm not a super big fan of it, but it's <laughs> speaking to me in a different way today. Because as every time this scripture comes up in our lectionary, honestly, I think the whole messaging around this lesson doesn't totally sit right with me, which is why I usually don't like it and why I usually can put it into the weird parable category in my scripture readings because it really doesn't fit what we know about Jesus, about God, about what the rest of scripture teaches us. And honestly, I think I am feeling a lot more like the bridesmaid who didn't pack enough oil to keep the light going through the long night these days. I didn't expect us to be waiting so long. I don't know if what I have metaphorically or even literally speaking is enough and sometimes there are moments where I kind of feel like my lamp is going out and I don't have any more oil to put in it. And so maybe you're feeling similarly, whether it's health issues that continue to come up and are difficult even more so to deal with because of COVID-19, whether it's the reality of this year of seeing others who are experiencing loss and grief of trying to get through this pandemic, this election year, that your oil just keeps burning up through 2020 and it just keeps going. And maybe you even packed some extra with some self-care or time with family and friends and safe ways, but you're still finding that lamp flickering and that oil seems to be getting lower. And there's a sense of, will it be enough? Will I be enough? And I am sure that there are some of you who have plenty of oil in your lamp and you're doing okay for right now. And I want to encourage you to keep your healthy boundaries so you can maintain that energy that you need for you. I think the metaphor might be getting away from me a little bit. Anyway, the truth is, I think that none of the 10 bridesmaids are the bad guys in this story. Wise or foolish, I don't think that they're meant to be this dichotomy of what you should be and what you shouldn't be and i think that there are lessons we can learn from each group and all in all they're people 
right? People like us trying to do the best they can and hoping it's right. I keep thinking about the way Jesus describes the bridesmaids as wise and foolish. And then I always think about all of the ways Jesus takes what seems wise in our world and turns it upside down throughout our gospels. All the ways Jesus takes what seems foolish, for example, giving everything you own away to follow him, and Jesus makes that foolishness into something new, right? What if we're supposed to notice that these women who are wise and foolish are wise and foolish by human standards, by our culture's standards? Part of our human standards around wisdom match the way those five bridesmaids act, right? Wise is to overprepare, not to share, to hold on for yourself in case what you have isn't enough, to avoid darkness or shadows, to fend only for oneself, and maybe care for others as is convenient. No, no, Hadley. <laughs> There's some baptismal water reminders here right now. Hey, Hadley, can you take that over to Daddy? Thank you. So the wise women seem to fit in our cultural category of wise, right? And then the other bridesmaids are foolish because clearly they underprepare. They don't bring any extra with them. They ask for help from others. They don't have enough for themselves. They expect to rely on one another. It doesn't really matter why those bridesmaids didn't bring any extra in their flasks. But I keep wondering, what if none of the bridesmaids are really the failures here, but rather Jesus is sharing a tale about how the way we understand wisdom and foolishness in our culture can be harmful to us. Because the groomsman was late. No one talks about that. He was late, like super late. Who shows up for their wedding like 12 hours late? If I was the bride, I'd be so mad right now, let alone my bridesmaids who've been sitting and waiting. And so no one expected him to show up at midnight. And it makes me wonder, what if he had shown up on time or even an hour or two late? Would the foolish bridesmaids have had enough oil to last till then? I think they would have because it seems like their lamps have been lit this whole time because they fell asleep together while they were sitting there waiting. Those lamps continued to burn all that oil out while they weren't paying attention. And it feels like these days I'm waiting for Jesus in the dark, in the shadows a little bit sometimes. And we put a lot of emphasis on light, on lamps, on fire, on the kind of energy and light of love that Jesus gives us throughout our worship services, throughout scripture. But I think that there's something about this that reminds me that Jesus knows that life is not all light and brightness, that life also includes shadows. It also includes night. And Amos certainly understood that if you haven't done much of his reading. In our Old Testament reading today, Amos is angry and frustrated in his own sort of Amos way, sharing with the people of Israel that God is kind of over it right now. That the parties that they're having, the songs they sing, the offerings they give up, that it's shallow and hollow and there's no action in it sometimes. There's no real action for the poor and needy that God calls them to. 
And this is where we get the famous line from one of Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King's sermons, let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever flowing stream. If you didn't know this, Martin Luther King was quoting Amos here. Is that the kind of light and bright and shining that we're looking for? Justice like waters rolling down, righteousness like an ever flowing stream, like the baptismal waters we celebrate in our church services, like the water coming from the faucet as Hadley tries to clean off her color cards so she can color some more. I wonder, with reading from last week in our Beatitudes, with Jesus blessing the poor in spirit and the meek and the hungry, Jesus really is gearing us towards caring for blessing and seeking justice for those in need as the preamble to this scripture today. And for me, I imagine Jesus trying to show us a new kind of light here too. I wonder if these bridesmaids are part of that light that Jesus might be up to in this parable. Amos asks the people he preaches to, why do you desire the day of the Lord? It is darkness, not light. Amos asks the people he preaches to, why do you desire the day of the Lord? It is darkness, not light. Amos describes the day of the Lord as one of darkness. And to be fair, I don't love that imagery. The, like I walk a lot in the dark when I'm taking care of our goats and there's always this back of my mind looking around making sure there's nothing out there. I don't love the shadows but it got me thinking about these bridesmaids. What if they had turned down or even put out their lamps while they were waiting? Why did none of them save any of it? Why not take turns having one lamp lit while they're waiting? Why not spend some time in the dark, in the quiet of preparing for the bridegroom? And personally, I find myself working really hard these days to create those sort of dark and quiet times. I imagine it's like being centered in the deepest, fullest part of the ocean, so dark and blue that it's black. I struggle to do that because I would much rather be going through my to-do list, reading about anti-racism work, finding new and inspiring ways to encounter scripture. I would rather be keeping myself busy with my family or my goats or taking the dogs for a pasture run. I would rather use what free time I have outside of all these things to watch a TV show I've seen a dozen times already. We do a lot so that we don't have to sit in the darkness in the shadows. So we don't have to think about it. We don't have to hold on to it. We don't have to fully participate in what's going on around us. But here's the thing, that's when Jesus comes to us, right? When we start to worry about whether we have, whether we are enough. When we go off to run errands, instead of sitting in the darkness and waiting for the hope we are given through Jesus, when we try to make ourselves enough, when we feel like we aren't enough because we don't do enough, we avoid those shadows and we feel like we need to be more, to be enough for our families, our loved ones, our careers, and for God. So we go and search for more, more oil, 
more things, more happiness, more control, more worth. Yeah. You're not alone. It often feels easier to fill our lamps with the oils of this world and bring some extra than to sit in the darkness and wait for Jesus to open the door. But the bridegroom does come, eventually, later than we'd like, but nevertheless, ready. He opens the doors and those who are there come in. Not because they had enough oil, not because their lamps were lit. Jesus goes into this space with them because they were already there. They were ready to be in the darkness so that they could be the light. Jesus goes into the deepest shadows for us. Jesus faces the deepest injustices, violence, and sin for us. Jesus dies and rises again to fill our lamps with light and love and grace and hope and even that deep, dark stillness of our world. Jesus does all of this so that God's justice can roll down like the waters and God's righteousness can flow around us like an ever-flowing stream so that we might know that the love God has for us, that God sees us, all of us, fully for who we are where we are and God says you you my beloved you are enough you are enough now shine shine brightly wherever you can whenever you can just don't give up when the shadows seem too big amen